Dr. Erica, let me tell you about this episode. We're exploring how to move and shift as your calling to fulfill your purpose changes, the importance of advocating for yourself, and the impact of asthma and allergies. Now, my guest is Dr. Renee Matthews, and she's a leader in the healthcare industry through media and public relations. Her show, Out of Office with Dr. Renee, is seen in 45,000 doctor's offices and Walgreens across the country. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Now, you might be wondering what questions this episode will answer. Well, number one, how can childhood health conditions impact your life? Number two, what are some challenges when you change careers and strategies to move forward even if you don't have a blueprint? Number three, why are coaches helpful in times that you are shifting into a new season? And number four, what are ways to pursue your dreams when those around you are naysayers? Now, this is one of those episodes where there are so many lessons in someone's story, including finding your own path, even if you don't have a blueprint. Now, this discussion of Dr. Renee's journey through and past traditional medicine weaves together how living your truth and living in your purpose can improve your physical and mental health. Now, you know I have those shareable moments on this podcast. Let me tell you how we do it in Better Nation. All you have to do is post on social media with the hashtag Better Nation. Isn't that easy? Well, before I get on a roll just chatting, because you know I like to talk, let's go ahead and get to the episode. Better with Dr. Erica. Hi, it's your host, Dr. Erica, and welcome to another episode of Better with Dr. Erica. And you know, I know I keep saying I have special guests. Well, this one is super special. This is one of my super friends, Dr. Renee Matthews, also known as Dr. Renee, also known as Ask Dr. Renee. She's all of the Dr. Renees, y'all. Now, you already read a little bit about her if you actually saw the description But also, I realize there is an intro, but I still have to give another one. Now, as I told you, we're trying something up for season three where I am not reading all of these bios because reading bios is not my ministry. So let me tell you a couple of things and then we're going to let Dr. Renee take it away because no one can tell you about Dr. Renee better than Dr. Renee. So you hear in there doctor. So she she is a medical doctor, but the the cool thing about Dr. Renee, which I'm sure she will share with you, is she has done so many things outside of traditional medicine and even has this really cool book. So I'm going to let her tell you about herself so I don't butcher this bio. So can you tell the people about yourself? <laughs> yes. Um, I am Dr. Renee. I am a medical doctor. I do not practice traditional medicine is what I say. My medicine, I treat the masses via media. So I talk about health on television, radio, print, and online media. Um, I currently have a show that's in 45,000 doctor's offices across the country in the waiting room, yeah. if you ever pay attention, called Out of Office with Dr. Renee. And um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I will take all of those. She just so much. I feel like she said she did a million things, but she's done PR. She's done some of everything. I feel like I feel like you could just start listing random things and be like, fly air balloons. Yes, Dr. Renee did that too. 
private chef on a yacht. Oh, she did that too. Walks a million miles a day. Oh, she does that too. I feel like I could literally say anything and you'd be like, yeah, I do that. <laughs> You're silly. I'll be the sous chef. My sister's the chef. <laughs> so y'all, I recently have been doing a little TV vegging out. I know they say don't watch too much TV, but sometimes my brain is not working and I just need to sit. And I was sitting watching Brown Sugar the other day. So I've been kind of going back and watching some of these old movies, you know, to, to catch some messages I didn't catch because I was so young when they came out. I wasn't super young, but life in your 40s gives you a little bit of different perspective. So I love how she, Sanaa Lathan's character says, how, how did you fall in love with hip hop? But all my guests don't do hip hop. So we're going to try another question. How did you fall in love with medicine? Okay, well, real quickly, Brown Sugar, love that movie. <laughs> Secondly, Umi, most Def's mother, Yasin Bey, is like my other mother, big sister, auntie. Aww. We are very tight, very close. That's my girl. Um, and she has a podcast too, actually. But um, I'll definitely send her this. But um, And I am in love with hip hop. But I fell in love with medicine because I was a sick kid. So I was a severe asthmatic from birth. And I spent a lot of time in the hospital, in the ER usually, but I have been hospitalized as well. So um, the first 10 years of my life, I grew up in Michigan when the seasons changed from summer to fall and from spring to summer, I mean, from fall, from winter to spring. So October and April, those were my months where I got sick and I would spend most of the week in the ER, but I go to school the very next day because I've always been really big on school and education. So, and I'd feel fine. I'd be in the ER. I, asthma attacks usually happen at night for those that don't know. Mm -hmm. I'd get sick in the middle of the night. I wake my parents up. I can't breathe. My mom's a respiratory therapist. If she couldn't shake it, then we had to go to the ER. And then I'd go, I, we'd go to bed for a few hours and then they go to work. I go to school. Um, so I spent a lot of time in hospitals. I told you my mom's a respiratory therapist. When we were on vacations from school, rather than a babysitter, my mother took us to work. And we would go to the hospital. My mother was the director of respiratory and ECG non-invasive at Detroit Receiving Hospital. We go to the hospital with her. It's a level one trauma center. And we would get to do whatever she thought that we could do. We did clerical stuff usually. But I spent a lot of time in hospitals. And so I was always in love with medicine. And when I was in first grade in Brownies, we went to an OBGYN's office, one of the Brownies dads. And he did an ultrasound on one of the girls. And after that, I was like, that's it. I'm going to be an OBGYN. I love it. And the interesting thing is, I know Dr. Renee, but we haven't talked about the ins and outs of our stories, is how I fell in love with medicine was something similar. My family, my grandmothers are both, both nurses, but I was also really asthmatic, but I didn't have all mine at night. I was the person that would turn blue on people at school. <laughs> oh, no. Had the asthma attacks in gym class. <laughs> But I always remember there were some nurses that used to make the best balloon animals out of gloves, out of those latex gloves. <laughs> yes. And every once in a while, someone would let me somehow get out of there and turn on the alarm, the sirens in an ambulance, <laughs> even though I never rode in one. Right. Well, I have. But yeah. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time in the ER and also at my pediatrician's office. And for me, actually... When my pediatrician retired in the 
they um the next one I became close to too the one that was in his practice after he retired was that when they remodeled the office they actually gave me the pictures that were on the walls in my childhood that is so nice yeah but I spent all the time between the allergy shots every weekend having asthma attacks on the regular so I had allergy shots, but because my mom was a respiratory therapist and very tight with my allergies, she let my mom give them to me. Um, but I was going to say, my mom actually, and it's in my book, Mommy, I Can't Breathe, my mom fired the pediatrician because he was awful. And there was a whole incident where I got sick, went to his urgent care, and I was going to die in the lobby the way they were doing things. And Ooh. my allergist ended up being my pediatrician, and she was a black woman, one of your sorors, actually. May she oh, rest wow. in peace. Unfortunately, she died. Um, but she died maybe 10 years ago. And so I was at, because we, um, she moved out of state. And so when she mm -hmm. came back here, we were able to sit down and have breakfast and we talked. And so we were in much communication. My mother ended up doing her service. My mother's now a priest. My mother did her service mm -hmm. and her, you know, and she, they did the IVB on the wall and all of that cool stuff too. And but yeah, she, black woman, first black woman doctor I ever met was her. Wow, that's that's one heck of a story. And I feel like if we stayed here, we could have an entire conversation yeah. on health disparities. Right. <laughs> right. For some reason, I have a feeling you're, you're almost dying in a waiting room. Didn't It didn't help that you were a little black girl. No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. Or my mother was this educated black woman that was like, excuse me, excuse me. No, but. She needs something now, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, now you're taking me back to the days. Um, I did. I trained at Grady, and they used to have an asthma room in Grady <laughs> with everybody sitting up with the nebulizers. Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's literally an asthma room. That's very I'm, everyone. I'm sure with asthma wasn't all in that room, but that whole right. room was just. But it probably didn't help that, especially since asthma is more prevalent in African-American communities and Grady does service yeah. a significant amount of African-Americans. Yeah. That's but, crazy. Yeah. I, I know. I feel like you sh at some point you should have just seen the Grady's because I feel like you've been everywhere. You should have been in the Grady's. I mean, I have driven past several times, but no, not <laughs> But I always tell people when I travel, especially when I was younger and traveled with my parents, I didn't get sick. My parents knew how to take care of everything, even though I am allergic to a lot of foods, which mm -hmm. is why I wrote my second book, No, Renee, You Are Allergic for Kids. Um, I never got sick when I traveled. And so that's why I'm not familiar with hospitals outside of usually home. <laughs> well, and the only reason I'm so familiar with that one is I actually trained in it right. for med school and residency. And for all you out there that are not people that have a lot of history in the Atlanta, the Grady's is also known as Grady Hospital. And it, it got its name, the Grady's, because um, pre-segregation, the white people would be on one side of Grady and the black would be on the other. And it functioned like two separate hospitals. It's laid out kind of like an H and you could go between the units on one major hallway. So that's why it was historically called the Grady's. Learn something new today. Black Grady and white Grady. Had no idea. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That's called I've been in Atlanta way too long. You have been. I was thinking about it. I'm like, the girl's not from Atlanta. My God. <laughs> well, I, I first came to Atlanta in 1991. 
It seems like yesterday, but apparently it wasn't. <laughs> you are so silly. Well, and I, I know you guys celebrated Founders Day recently. Yes, yes. For all of you out there that don't do not know, I am a graduate of Spelman College, one of only two all-female historically black colleges and universities, with the other one being Bennett. But you know, Spelman is Spelman. <laughs> so I mean, we're always excited between that and all the Ralph Lauren drop. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes. I I didn't buy anything though, so let the record state I did keep my coins this time. I kept my coins. So now that we talked about how you fell in love with medicine, now we already talked about that you don't do traditional medicine. What you what got you out of traditional medicine? Because I feel like it's one of those things that it's 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 like a club. Once you get in, it's almost like a gang. It's hard to get out. So when I was younger, and you may remember Nancy Snyder, Dr. Nancy Snyderman used to be on Good Morning America before she was on the mm -hmm. Today Show. And I used to see her and I was just like, I don't know, I, I really wanted to be her. Yes, she's this white Jewish woman, but I really wanted to be her. And I didn't know anyone that did that. And my mother didn't know anyone that did that. So mm -hmm. she's just like, okay, whatever. But my fallback was I would do OB because that's what I liked. Well, when I got on in med school, when I got out, I ended up meeting someone and I got a radio show on XM Radio. And this was before the merger. So okay. we were one channel from Oprah. And Ooh. our station, though, we were literally talking to other doctors. And that's not who I wanted to talk to. I wanted to talk to the people and help the people, like Dr. Nancy Snyderman did. And so, but it was a start. And um, when I did that, I was like, wow, maybe I can do this. If I, you know, went from obscurity to satellite radio, then maybe I can, you know, move on. And so then I, I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to try this. And then I also had read Dr. Ian Smith's story and was like, okay. and he started in Chicago too, which, you know, is where I live. And so I was like, oh my God, if he could do this, then I can do this. And so that's kind of how I got the thought in my head. And um, <clears throat> may she rest in peace, Allison Payne, who was a very well-known newscaster in Chicago on WGN. She's from Detroit. Her dad was my Sunday school teacher. And he was oh, like, wow. you're in Chicago. You need to go meet with Allison because Allison, like, is the bee's knees when it comes to news and, you know, and all of this TV stuff. And so he's like, you got to go talk to her. And so I did. I went and met with Allison. And she's like, what do you need? Like, how can I help you? Let me introduce you to such and such and such. And such. So she was really helpful. And I just started seeing that I really could kind of do what I wanted to do. And so once I got satellite radio, I did have a regular job. And then in 2013, when my job was eliminated, everyone's like, you need to do it full time. If this is what you want to do, you got to do it. And God is good. You know, I haven't gone hungry and I'm not homeless. <laughs> not hungry, not homeless is good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate living the dream. And I know a lot of my listeners out there have been dealing with, and we're not even going to get into a whole conversation about in medicine, the great resignation. But there are so many times where you start on one path because you think this is the path and then you decide, well, maybe this isn't it. What do you feel like gave you the motivation to step out on faith 
to leave this environment that you were so comfortable in? Because so for, for me, it was like, I really, I am somebody who before a whole lot of things, like when The Secret came on Oprah, everyone was like, Renee, how did you know? But I never had read The Secret or anything or heard anything of it. But everyone's like, but that's how you live. And that is true. And so I was like, you know what? I have always been like, life is too short to be miserable. And then you have a few things happen as you get older and you really realize life is too short to be miserable. And I was like, I know that if this is what I want to do, even though I didn't know anyone else that really did it, I was like, I can figure this out myself. And, and it was like doors just kept opening and flinging open and flinging open. And I was like, well, if the doors keep opening, then clearly I must be supposed to be on this path because I am quite the Virgo. I'm a planner. I liked my oh, paychecks that came every other week. You know, I knew, you know, I liked that drop into my account. So for me to be an entrepreneur and to be a freelance and all of this was just totally outside of my comfort zone. But I was like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we, we're going to do it. What advice would you have for someone else that, I hate to say a dream because, you know, they have say all these different things like dreams can be goals and you can, you know, the dreams yeah. don't have to be this elusive thing. But what advice do you have out there for, for people that really want to step out and do something new, be potentially be an entrepreneur or change careers? What do you say to people like that? What, what nuggets of wisdom do you have? I say, go for it. Because guess what? This is the only life we have. This is not a dress rehearsal, as I say every week on the Ask Dr. Renee show. You've got to do it. Whatever it is, got to do it. Secondly, now with the internet, you can figure it out. If you don't have a clue and you don't know anyone, you can figure it out. You can look at what somebody else did because you don't even have to know them. You can search the internet and see what they did. So, and the other thing is don't listen to naysayers. I mean, if you know within your heart of hearts that this is what you want to do and you know you can make it happen, you have to just have faith. And my biggest thing is do not worry about how you're going to get there. Just take the first step. Because once you take the first step, the second one will come and it'll just slowly but surely keep coming and coming and coming. And you will, next thing you know, you'll be at the finish line. But you have to just take that step and not let people, those negative voices, you know, don't if you are sitting there talking to people that are shoo-shooing and poo-pooing your dreams, you're talking to the wrong people. You need to get with like-minded people. And so there was a whole lot of doctors that thought I was crazy. But now they probably are watching me in their waiting room. And so there was a lot of people that said I couldn't be a doctor. And so now they're, you know, and now they see me on TV, Dr. Renee, you know. So yeah. I'm not surprised though, because we have one of those fields and we're not the only profession like this, but it's one of the reasons I kind of got ended up on that book. Um, what is it? Thinking about quitting medicine volume one is that you, you get these careers, you invest all this time and money because to be honest, a lot of people end up with a significant amount of debt. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to med school, you know, you had four years of med school, then if you choose one of the specialties with short residencies in three years, so at a minimum, that's seven years. But a lot of us, it was longer than seven years. And after people have invested all this time, money, and energy to end up with these careers that outside of medicine, there still is this perception like this is one of the holy grail kind of, kind of 
um, careers or skill sets that people can't understand why you would want to do something else. And even some guilt and shame around you have this, this great thing. Why would you even look to do something else? So I can, I can definitely see how you'd run up on naysayers because you're also dealing with a group of people who the culture is, is it's a culture of rule followers. <laughs> I mean, it is because right. that's how you get there, especially the age we are when we trained. We aren't, we aren't these super young millennials that were challenging the system. We were, we were trained in the see one, do one, teach one. I tell you what to do. You do it. You don't question <laughs> if it's getting coffee, if it's, if it's rolling someone to x-ray, if it's taking someone's blood, if it's just sitting here 20 minutes looking stupid, whatever someone tells you, you do, you do. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can definitely see how if you're in this culture of we follow the rules we have this set path. This is how you're supposed to do things to come off that path is going to seem foreign to almost everyone else on it, because that's literally the entire culture you were steeped in to even be successful and make it to the finish line. Yeah. It's great. It's, I mean, and it's, it's no fault to them. And I really, cause I'm one of those people that it just doesn't bother me. I'm just like, okay, it's okay. You can't see it. It's all right. I can see it, you know? And actually um, Dr. Dre and Jay Stone did an intervention, and that's how I ended up in Jay's mastermind. I was in her first mastermind. Wow, and, I didn't know that. Yes, and she, um, they were like, you need to do this. And I'm just like, it was at breakfast in Atlanta one morning, and I was like, Lord have mercy, what is going on? And so I thought about it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And Jay is the person that said, you know, you know what you're doing when it comes to building a brand, PR and all of that stuff. But doctors don't know how to do that. You should do PR for doctors. And that's when because I did have an entertainment company that solely what we did was we mm -hmm. worked with entertainers. We pivoted and then then I started working with physicians solely. Well, not I will say medical professionals, for the most part, I think all the all the pay, all of my clients so far have been doctors, but. I know that potentially I'll have some others that aren't necessarily doctors, but yeah. Well, and I love that you, you brought this out because that's the other thing is a lot of times there's all this free content. If there's one thing that was great from the pandemic, I swear there is so much content and information floating around for free. I mean, literally you could attend, you could attend free masterclasses in clubhouse. I mean, it, it's been nuts and everyone's been trying to get people. So they're just giving away free content everywhere. But she mentioned Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is actually one of my coaches. And especially when you're looking to do something new or you feel like what you're doing isn't really aligned or in your purpose or what should be the, the season that you're moving into, because sometimes what we what our spirit tells us to do may be different in a season that something may be perfect for this season and next season it's, it's not perfect anymore. And that's the one thing I would say for all of you out there, you know, I talk about how to be better, do better and live better and how to get that better life is one of the better seven is support is using that to, when you're looking to change directions I don't want to say the word pivot because I feel like pivot was totally overused in the pandemic. <laughs> but when you want to do something else right. is it's great to have coaches and people that can have other experiences 
and can see past what you may see as limits and some of what you see because you are going to, you have vision with your own experiences where someone else may almost be able to have like a helicopter view and you have like the view of like the little mouse in the maze and all you can see is what's right Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. And that's one of the reasons I love coaches and I recommend if you're out there and you're doing something and this ends up being a conversation that happens a lot around professions and professional things. But I also had um, previously a guest, Chiquita Dent, that does coaching um, that also helps divorced women, is that there are a lot of different roles and shifts that people do that aren't simply professional, that it may just be trying to figure out what your purpose is or what's going to really make you happy. And there are lots of roles for coaches, even in personal things beyond Mm -hmm. just professional, because a lot of times there's this urge to change and evolve. It's part of human nature. And one of the things I love about Dr. Renee is that she's always been so brave to move with those urges. When the natural inclination for a lot of people is to rebuff (laughs) those urges or to try to ignore them because I hear so much. And as a doctor, I talk to a lot of doctors and health professionals just because that's I have friends that aren't, but I do know a lot of doctors and health professionals. And there are so many people, even in the speaking I do, is that people get stuck in spaces because they're used to the devil they know mm-hmm. and are afraid of the devil that you don't know. And I, one of the reasons I want to have Dr. Renee on here is I don't want any of you out there to be limited out of what boils down to fear and doubt. Because as Dr. Renee said, you can't get time back. And nobody likes to have regrets. Right. So I think it's really important to start listening to your heart. And if you feel like something about the space you're in isn't what you need or where you should be, is to then proactively start thinking about what it is you really want and then start making a plan. There's this this Martin Luther King quote that I I mentioned it when I was on here with Chuck Hobbs. I mess it up all the time, so I probably will put it up somewhere because I can never remember the whole quote. But it's like you don't have to see the whole staircase. You just need to see the first stair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... A lot of times with these changes and these shifts and dealing with different seasons and dealing with even challenges is you don't always have to see the way out. You just need to, it's like Dory, just keep swimming as if you. I have literally quoted both of these on my Facebook page before. Girl, the last slide of almost every presentation I give is just keep swimming. I love Dory. I cried. I love Dory. Oh, my gosh, yes. And she's like, I have short-term memory loss. Well, you know, my dad does. And so the first 20 minutes in, I was like, <laughs> it was awful. I was like, I don't know. believe I'm in here crying. And when she's lost and can't find her parents, then she right. can't remember them. And then she remembers them. I'm like, <sighs> 
but that movie know, was don't get so me started. Good. Yeah, the movie I, was I, I cried all the movies. I still cry in Encanto and when I, I still dies. have to watch Encanto, and I've never seen Lion King either. Don't talk about me. I know. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm just sitting here like, um, I know, how are you chocolate and have not seen the Lion King? I know. I know. I know. And actually, my sister and my mom saw the play, but they did it when I was in med school. So I wasn't home. They went with the church. So, and I just have never, never seen it. Am I going to have to come to Michigan so that we can watch <laughs> Encanto and The Lion King? I, I feel like we might need to do this. <laughs> I keep saying, because I've heard so much about Encanto and the music and stuff, I keep saying I'm going to watch it. just hasn't happened yet. The Lion King, I'm just like, eh, eh. And the funniest thing, Jason Weaver was on my show. <laughs> and he's like, and you've never seen Lion King? I was like. Nope. He's like, you've never heard me be Simba? Really? <laughs> but you know what? They played it during the Disney ride on Peloton. I was so excited. I go, oh my God, it's Jason. It's Jason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I love that movie. But I watch Encanto once a week. Like, it's my my happy movie. It rotates. Because at, at one point, my happy movie was Rio with the birds. I know what you're talking about. I've never seen it. I love cartoons. That's the thing. I'm not a cartoon person. When they came out with Pixar, they had me. That's why I love Finding Nemo and Dory because it's not a cartoon. The last cartoon movie I saw was um, Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, Beauty and the Beast. I enjoy, but the problem is then you become a psychiatrist and you start seeing all the trauma. (laughs) I'd have I saw it in high school. I was babysitting one night. I'd have to watch it again. I only did oh, it one yes. time. One of one of my most dear cartoon movie moments was um a good friend of mine, Dr. Tim Benson, who um has passed away, is I remember watching Frozen with him and his twin boys, and they were probably about one. And what made it so hilarious is the two of us were into this movie. The boys weren't even paying attention and we're just sitting watching Frozen hardcore. And I feel like I'm one of the handful adults that love Frozen. I watch it. I, I liked it. I, I do. I liked it. And then I also went to Frozen. I took the Girl Scouts to Frozen on ice. Girl, I was in there singing just right along with them. Had a ball. Girl, don't get me started. Do you want to build a snowman? Sweat <laughs> joint. I love Olaf. Olaf I forgot my song. I never can remember what it is. And I always have to ask my one friend who was like, your song is such and such. I can't ever think of what it is. That's not it, though. And it's not let it let it um let it go. I can't remember. I had a feeling it wasn't let it go though. No. No, not let it go. Don't go anywhere. You're not gonna want to miss a single thing that Dr. Renee says. See you soon. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for what's up with Dr. Erica. You know I've been on the struggle bus when it comes to working out. Guess who has finally hopped back on her Peloton? That would be me. My Peloton is no longer the place for my robe to live or the place to help me get up out of bed. Cause you know, I live on one of those little platform beds and those beds sit so low. Sometimes you just need a little help getting up, but I probably need some help getting up because I need to work out. But as I said before, 
I actually finally worked out. So you might be wondering what helped me push past this challenge of working out that has been plaguing me for over a year. So let me tell you. Number one, urgency. I stepped on the scale and a lot of my clothes just don't freaking fit. Number two, rest. I've been getting more rest so that I have more energy to actually work out because it was so hard for me to work out when I was already exhausted. And number three, working out as soon as I get up to keep from getting distracted, too busy or too tired. I know that it's so easy for me to get sidetracked between this doctor life, this entrepreneur life, this COVID life, that I realize that I have to go back to basics and literally roll out of bed and exercise. Now I'm claiming that the season of no working out is over for me. So I challenge you to look at the motivation and roadblocks around goals that you felt stuck with. Let's do it. Wish me luck. And I'm gonna wish you luck too. Don't forget to do that homework and look at those motivation and roadblocks so you can come up with a plan that works for you. Back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. So I know we, you mentioned earlier your book. Can you tell the people a little bit more about your, now is the second book out and I just missed uh-huh. it? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, I just Because I, I heard about oh, the mommy, I can't breathe. Did I glance over and not remember the allergy book? Oh, I have seen it. Oh, that's so cute. That's me. That was my kindergarten picture I gave the illustrator. But um, so mommy, I can't breathe is literally my story of me and my asthma and allergies. It's Mommy, I Can't Breathe, The Modern Guide to Navigate Allergies and Asthma. Um, And so the first half is literally my story, and the second half is a whole lot of something to help people that are trying to figure out asthma, allergies, and all that stuff. It gets very technical. We've got medications. We've got treatments. We've got symptoms, all of that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that book. And then No, Renee, You Are Allergic is the children's book because... I was hearing horrible stories, and maybe you as a psychiatrist have heard this. Children that have food allergies were getting the foods thrown at them. That's a new bullying thing. And that scared me to death because I am deathly allergic to, like, raw eggs. If someone threw an egg at me and cracked, I could, you know, get sick. And so that scared me to death. And so um, I was like, I got to do something. And so that book is hopefully, because it's for the little kids, Hopefully you read this book and you'll understand if you have allergies, you'll understand. But if you don't have allergies, you'll understand how you can help someone with allergies instead of hurt them. I just get so thrown by how creative young people are with bullying these days. Like, I can't even imagine something like that. Me neither. And I was, and the thing is now so many kids have allergies. It blows me away because I was like the only one. And no one did that to me, but can you imagine, like, if half the school has some sort of allergy, which is the way it is these days, I don't understand how this even works. But I've heard way too many stories, and I was like, this is awful. And so that is the first of a series, Dr. Renee and Friends, and the next book will be about asthma. Oh, I feel like I need to grow my children's book collection. Currently, my children's book collection is filled with my children's books. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not wrong with that. I know. It's it's filled with the ones I wrote. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, but I, I, I need to go ahead and get on board and get yours, too. Plus, I have a whole bunch of family with asthma and allergies. Oh, okay. That's how we roll. 
I'm gonna say not surprising. That's the way it is in this over here too. My mom's no. side. But I mean, kind of the interesting thing though is I remember being young and having food allergies and it seemed like nobody else did. And the funny thing is I was talking to a friend of mine who's a naturopathic physician and she's like, oh, I thought you had more allergies. I'm like, I was like, the problem is, is my food allergies are entire categories of things that are everywhere. Like I have a legume allergy. <laughs> oh no, I like beans. Well, the upside is I've never, well, I don't remember the taste of a bean because whenever they made me eat them in school, I swelled up horribly. Like whatever touches a bean swells immediately. So it's really bad. Yeah. Um, but I can, somehow I can still eat soybeans and vanilla beans. So, um, And I can't yes, have soy because soy is part of the nut family and I'm allergic to all nuts. And I, I used to drink cool soy thing. milk and I used to wheeze every day. And the doctor goes, stop the soy milk. And sure enough, all of a sudden, done. Girl, get you get on the oatmeal bandwagon. That oat milk. No, no, no. This was when I was little. I drank soy. No, milk. no. I'm just saying. Oh nowadays, no, I am oat milk, milk is girl. Good. Oh no, Chobani and Oatly. Only two I'll drink. But yes, I love oat milk. Oh, oat milk changed my life. Um, I just had to put that out there because I love making my own tea-based lattes, and oat milk blends so well for that. Yes, I'm a matcha latte girl myself. Oh, I love that. And a friend of mine taught me about making a latte out of gin matcha, which is yummy. It's like you can put it together when it's all done. It's almost like drinking Rice Krispies that aren't sweet. Interesting. Because I'm not big on really sweet tea. So Yeah, I don't use really sweeteners in, in mine either. Yeah. Yeah, you know, living in the South, I... I went to college, one of those places where people make Kool-Aid in a way that you could grow crystals in it. I'd never seen people put that much sugar in Kool-Aid. I was like, really? Y'all still putting sugar in this Kool-Aid? Girl. Maybe that's why I don't like Kool-Aid, because I do know that. Yeah. (laughs) It was was one cup of sugar. That's Mm -hmm. what's on the packet. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is scary that I remember that because I haven't had Kool-Aid in probably 30 years. It might have been that long for me, too. Wait, no. Yeah, because we didn't buy it. We didn't buy it by the time I moved off campus, so. Oh, no. I haven't had Kool-Aid since I left the house as a child. <laughs> I don't do Kool-Aid. Mm-mm. I drink, I right. drink cold water. Well, now I drink tea and water. Mm-hmm. A lot of sparkling water, too. Flat. I do either. I do still or sparkling. I felt like I was special when I could say still or sparkling. I'm like, oh, you asked, and I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the love. You're crazy. Better with Dr. Erica. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. Let me introduce you to Better Nation. 
Better Nation is the community of people that follow the Better with Dr. Erica podcast that are like you and want to be better, do better, and live better. By becoming a member of Better Nation, you also get to receive member-only bonus content to put you officially in the inner circle. Show notes with timestamps so you don't have to search for your favorite moments and some bonus free coaching tools. So visit joinbetternation.com. That's joinbetternation.com to become a VIP and be a part of Better Nation. Better with Dr. Erica. So let's go ahead and switch gears for the speed round. Are you ready? Yep. I can't wait to hear this. What are your three favorite songs? My three favorite songs, um, are they, do they have to be in a genre? No. Okay. They can be whatever. So, um, gosh, my three favorite songs. Well, I am a new edition girl. And so my very favorite new edition song is Delicious. And I just love that song. And, um, and then um, I, um, oh my God, I Will Always Love You by Troop. Oh my gosh, that was my jam. You know that I think song? I had it on cassette. I will always love you. <gasps> da, da, you da, do? Da, da, in. Yes, okay, girl. So you know that da, 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 like, that was one of my clients. You. Okay, so Steve wrote that when he was 17. That was one of my clients <laughs> when I was doing entertainment. And so we'll have to send him the podcast because he'll really like that. But, um, but yes. Excuse my vocal stylings. Yes. Um, I Will Always Love You is my jam. Um, what else? Third song that's a favorite. Um, oh, my God. It's a Karen Clark shared song. Give me a minute. I got time. I got time. Uh, it's, um, where's my phone? If I was in my place, I have the CD, of course, but of course I don't have it here. It's um, what she, what I said I would sing at my wedding. My sister was like, you wouldn't be able to get through it. I was like, yes, I would. Oh, that's so sweet. Be sure. Oh, right now. Yes, you'll have to go listen to it. It's a great song. I know. I feel like I always learn new songs in this, in that one thing. Like someone- I'm sure undoubtedly picks one song I haven't heard of. So the next thing is, what is one free thing that you do for self-care? My walks. Can you tell the people about your walks? I love the walks. (laughs) I take walks. So I don't walk as much as I used to because where I am is just, this is not, I don't know. I don't feel like walking as much, but um, I walk, I walk everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I walk places that you probably shouldn't walk. I almost got hit by a car in Atlanta because I had no business walking where I was walking and the cars were coming off the freeway and I didn't know. Um, so yeah, I just take these walks. Um, I used to walk to church every Sunday. Um, I just walk. And now because of my whole life now with this caregiving, that is my time where I cannot hear anyone calling my name. So I walk outside and take me a walk and I'll literally walk in circles. Literally there's a cul-de-sac and I walk in circles, but it's just because I am outside and nobody can bother me. Y'all might want to write that down because I know a lot of my (laughs) listeners do some caregiving. 
And I always amaze. I'm always amazed too when I go places. I'm like, I don't know how people are people's moms sometimes because I'm like, if you hear mommy one more time, I'm like, I now I understand why my mom would look at me sometimes. It's like you're someplace because I also work with kids and you're mommy, 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 right. mommy, mommy. It's like all those cartoons. Right. And it's like, wow. So I can, y'all, y'all better get your walk on. Mm -hmm. Good for your health, but it's good. It just, and then also I started to, when I started walking, um, I, my mind just would get so clear. I would walk the lakefront and I swear I felt like I was talking to God and I would get all these amazing ideas for my stuff and for my client stuff. And I would, you know, either I took notes on my phone or when I got home, I was on the computer and just punching out stuff. And my clients, I mean, we took things to a new level because of the thoughts that I had on the lakefront. Hey, they, they talk about how meditation can also be in movement. So I, I love the idea of these walks. I need to do more walks. I had all these ideas of all these walks I was going to take, and then it started raining. So I'm hoping tomorrow's a walk day. Now, the next question is, what's something that most people don't know about you? Um, I'm a triple threat. I dance, I sang, and I acted Ooh. in my past life, yes. And I have awards for all of them. Um, I'm going to save a place on my left arm for you to autograph it when I see you next. <laughs> um, and then I won't wash it ever again. And then we'll see how long it takes for me to get hospitalized. You're so silly. <laughs> You're so silly. But yeah, I, um, I auditioned for Dream Girls the movie to play Effie White because... And I Am Telling You is one of the songs that I sang in competition. And actually, the girl that I used to compete in competition has um, been on several TV shows, um, two of her own. And she won a Tony Award for a play that Whoopi Goldberg, her first, I think it was the first play Whoopi Goldberg ever produced. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I just, I, and I, I mean, I watch her. I'm very happy for her, but I'm just like, did I ruin my life? Did I miss what I'm I was like, man, doing? it could have been yeah. you instead of J-Hud. I, I know. Crazy, right? Um, but yeah. And then um, I, I did dance. I did jazz and tap. I did also take ballet, but I hated ballet. And I'm just not very graceful. So it really wasn't my thing. Oh. But I did compete with jazz and tap. And um and then I, I did plays. I did musical theater, and and I did, I, I did storytelling for forensics in high school. I was on the team. And so, oh, wow. you know, like reading my book, I've been doing a lot of book readings for schools, and I get all the characters and the voices, and, you know, so it's fun. I'm learning all new things today. <laughs> all the things. I know. We should do this more often. This is what happens when you get busy. I, I bring people on my podcast so I can chat. Right. That's my that's show. My, that's, that's not my secret. <laughs> I think I've told that secret before, which is like when I miss people, I have them on my podcast and then I get to talk to them for a long time. <laughs> it's my hustle. Right. <laughs> the last question is what's something that has helped you get through the pandemic? I think it has truly been my exercising because that is like, that's my one time that nobody can bother me 
Um, I have a trainer that comes three days a week and nobody can bother me when we are in the basement mm-hmm. working out. And then, um, you know, my walks. So I think that I would um, be rolling around in this house if I wasn't, it wasn't for the exercise. <laughs> because I don't go anywhere. So I'm here all day. And girl, my patient, my best friend, my padre, my dad eats and he eats. And everyone's like, how can you feed him and not eat too? I said, because I just have a good good hold on things that I'm okay. But mm-hmm. there was a time that I was eating. And so I noticed that it was going to be a problem. And so I stopped. But yeah, he um, he doesn't miss any of his meals. And I intermittent fast. So I don't eat okay. until usually the chef comes home and the chef doesn't get here till about six-ish, 5.30-ish. And then she makes dinner for us. And then I eat. And that's the first time I eat for the day. And I was like, how can you make it through the day? I was like, I drink my water all day and I'm fine. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing with the pandemic was that I exercised and I didn't start it until pandemic started March, 2020. I didn't start it till August, well, actually September, we'll say August 30th was my first day with the trainer. And after that, we've been on a roll, but that has really been the saving grace because prior to that, I was eating myself out of house and home and losing my mind and getting three chins and yeah, so. Hey, the struggle is real. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like the game is rigged between being being over over thirty <laughs> and I'm over forty. It's like between that and adulting, and then you add a pandemic, and you just feel like it's rigged. It's like I just. I just walked by the candy aisle. I didn't even eat any, and I gained five pounds just from walking down the aisle. Lord have mercy. I mean, I'm 45, and that was one of the things was that my birthday, I was turning 44, and I was like, I got to get this nipped in the bud. Like, this this is going to be a problem. And then I was doing so many lives, I could see the chins coming in. I was like, well, this doesn't look good. So... And now I'm a Peloton girl. I finally rode my Peloton for the first time in months. I I, fe- I truly feel like my Peloton would look at me and cry and feel lonely and rejected because I had not ridden that sucker. And oh my God, I can't even count how many months it had been since I got on my Peloton. I love the app and I do a lot with the app. I have been riding the bike a little more recently but I went through a time where I really hadn't, like I'd ride once a week or something, but I did the app. So I, I worked out every day. I just would do some sort of strength core, something. Oh, I, I was the person that I wasn't riding my bike and I was doing nothing. <laughs> I was, well, you know, in the I, pandemic, I, I, I had the yoga mat out the entire time. It was a good, I did 14 weeks in my apartment by myself. So it was probably good maybe 20 weeks that that yoga mat sat there in front of the television waiting for me to do something. And I just never did it. Well, then I feel like I was backwards because at the beginning of the pandemic, I was on it. I was eating really well. I was riding my Peloton five days a week and I lost 20 pounds. Then I had to leave working from home and everything. I actually did better when I was working from home. I completely, you know, some people, it doesn't work for them. It works for me. 
working from home. Yes. I, I was literally talking to my therapist today about how much I miss working from home. I was like, I miss being home and then being able to make lots of space for myself. But I also realized when I was working from home, I actually had less things going on with my businesses. So I actually had much more space for myself. And I probably also equate working from home with having more space. Yeah. But we didn't, I wasn't trying to turn this into all about me. (laughs) You're so crazy. (laughs) What happened was, so do you have any final thoughts or takeaways for the people? Um, you can do it. That's my biggest thing. Whatever it is, you can do it. Google's your best friend. Now I know you um, are cool with Dr. Dre because he talks about Google and everything. I'm telling you, but you know, people ask me things like, how did you do that, Renee? How did you write a book? How did you? And I said, I could sit down and teach you. I will charge you though. Or you could do what I did and you could hit Google. When I tell you in the pandemic, in the beginning, I watched so many YouTube videos about how to self-publish. I was going crazy. Guess who finally got two books done in 2021? I had done all the research. That would be you, apparently. Yep. I'm not mad at that. So I know I can never get enough Dr. Renee. What if the people out there need more Dr. Renee? How can they find you? You can find me on every platform at Ask Dr. Renee, A-S-K-D-R-R-E-N-E-E. Um, of course, the Ask Dr. Renee show is on YouTube, and you can check it out usually Saturdays, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But, of course, every episode, we have taped over 110 episodes. They are all there on YouTube, and the show is to motivate and inspire you to live the life you deserve. That is my hashtag. That's my mantra, live life you deserve. And um, I do Black Doctor usually every Thursday, 6 o'clock Eastern. Um, but, of course, you can also see those are in perpetuity as well. And most of those are on the Ask Dr. Renee channel as well. But um, my website's askdrrenee.info because I am a resource for information. So, um, yeah, that's how you can find me. Oh, I feel like I need to go to all of those places right now. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm going to... I'm going to be the Kermit meme that's just like typing. That's going to be me. I know what you're talking about. Looking up more Dr. Renee. Like, I don't already know how to find you. Like, I just need more Dr. Renee. So what I'd like to say is the first thing I want to say, thank you, Dr. Renee, for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend time with my people and me. Thank you out there, all of you, for choosing to spend time with me and Dr. Renee. Or... If my English teacher was listening, Dr. Renee and I, (laughs) because there are literally a zillion podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. My final takeaway of the day is to work on being self-aware so that you can be aware of how you talk to yourself. Because we talked a lot today about pivoting, stepping out on faith, doing new things, pursuing your dreams. And one of the ways you're going to do that, and one of the important essential things, is to have positive self-talk. Because if you tell yourself you can't do it, I could bet more money than I actually have and win it that you probably won't. 
So if you're sitting there being your biggest critic or telling yourself every single reason why you can't, why you can't get that job, why you can't have a healthy relationship, why you can't move to where you want to live, why you can't lose the weight, why you can't be healthy, why you can't have meaningful friendships, you probably won't because we alluded to the law of attraction. If you keep telling yourself no, as they say in that movie for the secret, the universe will answer. Yep. Do you want the universe to tell you no? Cause you told it to. So watch how you talk to yourself. Those are my final thoughts. The next thing is thank you again for showing up. Not only did you show up for me, you showed up for you. So I got to give you a big round of applause for showing up for yourself today to help yourself be better, do better, and live better so that your life can be better. Because you know what? You deserve it. So I got a couple quick things for you. One is if you like what you hear, can you please follow or subscribe? You don't want to miss any episodes. You know I'm good for dropping a bonus. So follow or subscribe. The next thing is if you are on a panel that says rate or review, can you? It helps me get even better content for you. And I just want to be able to be here for you to serve in my mission to help spread love. So that's what I got for you today. You know, new episodes drop on Tuesdays. I can't wait to bring the next one to you. If you start missing me in between the next episode, you can always binge listen. You can listen to this one again or go back to past episodes. There are quite a few at this point. But thank you for being along on this ride and this journey with me. So until next time, have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible, but I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. 